0: Download the Instacart
1: app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
0: This is Colosso Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk. With Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley. And international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, it feels like we just did this a minute ago, Rick. Yeah, I,
1: well, now it's recording, and we it, uh, the other one only recorded for a second, and we, you and I came up with probably the greatest nuggets of our careers.
0: Incredible Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, had nothing on those nuggets. But hmm. once again, it is Golasso Supremo. We are back again. Go, 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 I don't have the same enthusiasm I here on Take Two, but it is Golosso Supremo. Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley bringing you all the news, all the commentary As we like to say, not commentary, but commentary Commentary. from all of the great stories and the great leagues across the globe. We'll give you Europa League resets, Champions League previews. We've got transfer news, MLS tidbits, story time. I I
1: have to tell my Bruce Arena story, which was a cliffhanger last week. Great. And scandal in soccer. i don't take a look at some other scandals.
0: It's incredible. But first, we start with the Europa League final, Rick. And what an unbelievable performance by Les Bleus. Not the French, Blue, Blanc et Rouge, but the Blues. The Chelsea Blues. Chelsea FC 4, Arsenal 1, Eden Hazard with quite a farewell to his club.
1: Yeah, he's out uh, basically saying, um, unless something changes, 99% sure he is gone. And uh, it's hard to believe, I think he said the for the last eight years or whatever, it's hard to believe it was that long. Um, I'm not a fan of his as a guy, but as a player, he's a, obviously a fantastic player. One of, one of the great players of this last World Cup for Belgium as well. And just the extra sting of Olivier Giroud, an Arsene Wenger Frenchman, pick to play for the Gooners, coming back to bite them in the backside in a major European Cup final.
0: And it happened as the first goal of the day, which really wasn't necessarily the backbreaker, but to see Giroud score. And one of my favorite soccer traditions that I was kind of hipped to this past year or so is the idea of not celebrating against one's former club. And mm-hmm. you see Giroud with a just a brilliant header, a classic Giroud goal. He knifes to the near post. Gets just enough of it, enough purchase on it, puts it past a diving goalkeeper, and then immediately puts his arms out as if to say, I will not celebrate this goal because it comes against my former club.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you bring up Arsenal, too, because it was Emmanuel Adebayor when he scored against Arsenal for Tottenham. Oh, he celebrated. And that's a big no-no. That's a faux pas, as we like to say, a Fox pass. And he did it anyway.
0: Yeah, it's a major Fox pass. And, uh, you know, it's not a pass to get free sports on, on Fox Sports 1. Uh-huh. It's a faux pas. Indeed. Two goals and an assist for Eden Hazard. And we were talking about this uh, during Take 1. <laughs> well, what happens now with Chelsea? You've got a situation where Gonzalo Higuain is leaving Azard is leaving. Giroud is older. You've got a team badly in need of upgrades, and yet Christian Pulisic, it feels like the American is being thrust into a spotlight he's probably not ready for.
1: Christian Pulisic, whether he likes it or not, will be expected to replace Aiden Hazard. And I don't think it'll be as bad as Eric Jumba Jumba replacing. Great. Uh, David Beckham, as uh, Sir Alex Ferguson thought, what happened at Old Trafford? But yeah, he's not a—I mean, he's a kid, but he's not expected uh, to, you know, have training wheels on. Maybe a little bit in the beginning, but he's expected to come in and be that replacement. Just a little thing on Emmanuel Adebayor, since you're a uh, Marin guy. Hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget there was a um, on the hoardings that said "Power Horse" by Adebayor. I thought, what does that mean? So I went on the web. It was an energy drink. An energy drink called Power Horse by Adebayor, and it said its distribution centers were London, Paris, Dubai, and Mill Valley.
0: What? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. It made
1: no sense.
0: No sense at all. You
1: don't even know what the people are getting up to when they get off their sailboat,
0: Right. Not a lot of industrial activity in Mill Valley mm. per se, so to, to see that a beverage is being churned out from there... It's quite extraordinary as well.
1: Same guys at the Deuce playing pool, smoking outside. Too. Love
0: it. Love the Deuce. Shout out uh, Amanda, my wife's high school friend, who is the, one of the co-owners oh, great. of the Deuce. At the my my P's and Q's there, then. The 2 a.m. club.
1: I didn't <laughs> know that you rolled uh, at the Deuce. Not as much as I used to, but I had some friends out there in MV and yeah. go to Sweetwater and do a little Deuce. Shoot
0: a little stick mm-hmm. uh, before you head up the mountain. Get sure. out towards Stinson Beach in the Shortcut. Shout out Mill Valley Shortcuts. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Golazo Supremo. It's not... <laughs> Rick Steves, Europe through the back door.
1: It's not Rick Dibbs either.
0: Right, Marin through the back door with uh, Rick Dibley, Rick Tittle, Dan Tittle, Rick Dibley. Uh, As we look at the Premier League, and this is something I was discussing briefly with Ray Ratto, we're looking ahead toward next year. Wow. We talked about Chelsea breaking apart. We already know that Manchester United is looking for 80 million quid for Romelu Lukaku. I don't know if they're going to get 80 million for him or not, but ultimately, man, you will look completely different next year as well. And then you look at Arsenal, a team that needs a reboot as well. Could next year be primed for some new blood in that top six?
1: It could be, but you always wonder in these off-seasons with the the bill that these these teams have, and sometimes they'll take the money to buy a new stand. And when you think about the teams that were poised to maybe make a move, do you think that wolves is going to make that move do you think that bournemouth do you think that everton everton's trying to get a new stadium built down by the docklands so all their focus is going to be on that for a while you look at tottenham they're building a new stadium they didn't buy a new player they bought a new player in 16 months because they're so concentrated on the on the new stadium there's a lot that is going to change but and the difference is between me and ray i said
0: that without frowning at you <laughs> hey, There's <was> no frown <laughs> It was all love. It was? Very warm, Ray Ratto and I. Very warm friendship, without a doubt. Okay. Champions League, of course, coming up this weekend. The result will be known by the time we pod again next week. Liverpool and your Tottenham Hotspurs. What do you think? How do you size this up? Should be a pretty interesting matchup between the two English sides being played in Spain.
1: Well, I mean, listen, Liverpool lost one time this year. Tottenham lost 13 times this year in the league. Um, you think about uh, the pedigree. Tottenham's never been here. Kind of like a Toronto Raptors type of situation. Are they just happy to be here or not? Liverpool was just there last year. We saw Liverpool not that long ago win that game in Istanbul against AC Milan. They have the pedigree for this type of situation. But Tottenham should be relatively healthy. You should have a, a Harry Kane who's healthy. And so... um Obviously, Liverpool has to be favored in this game. They're the better team. But Tottenham has had a magical run. And I think about playing, uh, it was actually the aforementioned Wolves that they beat to win the UEFA Cup. So they've in a final, they've beaten another English club. That doesn't mean anything, but I'm going to try and lean on that for a good omen.
0: And it should be a good omen. And the fact that you will have Harry Kane back on your side and Dele Alley presumably, and Yunmin Son. I don't know if you start him or if you... Keep him in his super sub role and bring him on in the 60th minute. He's done so well coming in off the bench. And, of course, uh, your favorite, old number 3, Danny Rose. Mm -hmm. Certainly a lot of intrigue in this match.
1: And don't forget Lucas Moura, who scored a a half-time, second half, I should say, hat-trick. So... There are options there, yeah. We'll see if it's going to be—I would imagine more will start on the bench.
0: And Liverpool probably going to have Bobby Firmino, Roberto Firmino back. I know he's been old, oh, Bobby.
1: He's getting a new neck tattoo as we speak.
0: It's probably uh, good, a little pregame. <laughs> I wonder if he'll get the uh, Champions League champion tattoo before the match. That's he, always ballsy when you see those American sports fans getting the, uh, hey, look at this, Washington Redskins, Super Bowl champs. Your team
1: I, I had a friend who got a Marine Corps tattoo before boot camp, and then they saw it, and they beat the hell out of him every day. Oh. <laughs> so uh, just a little aside right
0: there. Yeah, before uh, boot camp, it's usually not... Become a Marine, then get the tattoo. Yeah, that's probably the way yeah. uh, you want to do it. It's Golazo Supremo, Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. We are breaking down all the soccer action from around the globe, Rick. Everything.
1: Yes, and there was a huge scandal this week. In La Liga, we have found out Kerry Washington, been... scandal. Yes, that's right. And uh, Mrs. Awesomewa, She, she. La Liga has had um, some players, most uh, notably Raul Bravo and uh, Borja Fernandez, former Real Madrid players. Fernandez, by the way, is playing in the India League. But that there was some uh, matches bet on the opposition. And this is in the lower divisions as well. And they were even taking bets on how many corners. So you think about how many times you try to like maybe hit it off a guy's shin to get a corner. Just a lot <laughs> oh, of bad stuff going on. But I was thinking about other scandals to rock the beautiful game. And I'm going to throw a few at you here. I wrote a couple down, and, and i like to get your, your, your little uh, knee-jerk reaction. Ronaldo, and this is Ronaldo, not Cristiano Ronaldo. This is Ronaldo from Brazil. Found with three transvestite hookers, and they said, pay us a lot of money, or we're going to tell everyone, you got three transvestite hookers up here. And he said, go ahead and tell everybody, you ain't getting a penny.
0: Wow. Smart move. (laughs) Ultimately, if you're out there doing that sort of thing, if you're you know, traffic in that, in that sort of behavior, then there's no shame in your game. So why Own would you it. give even a penny? Exactly. <laughs> put your name on it. I believe uh, Herm Edwards once famously said. Yeah.
1: On the text, too. Maybe we'll read it. You got to
0: put your name on it. Absolutely.
1: Uh, the the Mexican national team, twice, remember, they were kicked out of the 1990 World Cup because they had overage players on their team. And then a couple of years ago, they had all this clenbuterol, and they said it was from bad chicken, which I actually think was a true story.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I buy that because the (laughs) levels of clenbuterol needed Mm -hmm. to pop on that sort of a positive test. You probably won't get in an order of wings from your local uh, restaurant or bar. So I'm going to go ahead and say that one smells nasty.
1: By the way, Nigeria also more than once lying about the age, even at the Olympic team.
0: Now, in the Uh, World Cup team, there's no age restriction, is there?
1: No, but if they got punished because of what they were doing, their FA, you were lying about the kids, guess what? Your men don't get to go.
0: Gotcha. And I know in the Olympics, you're only allowed, I think, three players over the age of 25, or there's some age waiver.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Um, Giggs. Ryan Giggs had a Tiger Woods type of scandal. Yes. Three women at once, and that's not really worth bringing up. What ball player doesn't have three girls going wow. at once? Shout out Derek Jeter. But one was his wife's sister.
0: Oh, um, that's, yeah. Ouchie. That's a bad look. I mean, if you're Ryan Giggs, handsome winger, ability to score goals, playing for the most popular team on the planet, mm-hmm. you probably have a wider reach than just your wife and her family. So go ahead and try a little bit harder. In your extramarital activity.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, too. If you play for Wales or Northern Ireland, you know you're not going to the World Cup. This Ryan, Ryan Giggs played for England schoolboys when he was Ryan Wilson. But he wanted his dad's real name, not his stepdad. His dad was from Wales, so he wanted to represent Wales. That's keeping it real. Another one, of course, is when, and this happened just a few years ago, the French FA said, look, we want the French national team to be 70% white. Right. And when they got caught on it, they go, what? There's nothing bad. We just said black uh and arabic players we just want them to be three out of ten what's wrong with that
0: it's an absolute (laughs) outrage and especially when you look at the team that they have this year's world cup winning team when you've got mbappe who is a person of color and you've got uh all the the frank ribere didn't play nor did uh Man, I'm starting to draw well, You think about
1: Zidane was Algerian, and you think yes. about all the Senegalese they had, from Patrick Vieira to Marcel Desailly. They've had Pat- Patrice Evra was their captain. Is another guy they had. Yeah, their captain was black. I mean, it's just a stupid thing to say. Awful. Yes.
0: Um, but it speaks to a deeper divide within the country, because France has got massive problems with racism, particularly in the bigger cities, but, and it's from people who've migrated from Africa and taken residence in Paris and in France and there's definitely a a pretty dramatic divide there in that country racially
1: there's no doubt there's a lot of racism worldwide especially in Europe no doubt about it and then two more I want to throw at you Juventus not only the Palo Rossi situation back in 81 kicked out of soccer for six months and then wins the golden boot at Spain 82 but we know a few years ago they wanted to make sure they would get good refs that liked Juve and they were immediately relegated after that and of course they found their way back in
0: yeah, without a doubt. So much controversy, and it's amazing that these things continue to happen. And you think about match-fixing, which was the first one. This is Golazo Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dibley. Like it when you see the podcast and certainly share it with your friends. The match-fixing one, it seems to be that that would be the most prevalent of all of them because it's largely fairly easy. If the goalkeeper's involved or a couple of defenders, all of a sudden now one play – One bring down in the box, one laps defensively. You can swing a game. I'm surprised we don't hear more about these sort of match fixes. In
1: the old days of VHS, I used to get my tapes from this place called SLS, Soccer Learning Systems. And I remember I bought a tape in the late 80s that was just goals that were on the take. It was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing how many goals were on the take. Finally, you talk about carrying on in today. The biggest uh, corruption of all time, and it's continuing on is Qatar getting the World Cup, a country with one city, with temporary stadia, and they'll play it in the winter and fake clouds that they'll fly over like drones and yet we're still stuck with this scandal.
0: And it's unbelievable to me that this somehow hasn't been reversed. It's like a it's like a nightmare that you just don't wake up from. Because mm-hmm. I remember when the vote came down and it was down to the United States and Qatar or cutter, depending on how you want to roll. Mm. And I was remember thinking about it, thinking who in their right mind, and this is no disrespect to the Qatarians or the great people of the Middle East. But or any
1: electric guitar either.
0: Yes, thank you. Or acoustic guitar, and uh, you know, whatever, other tunes, guitar. Are, whatever <laughs> other tunes are being a Qatar hero. There you go. Certainly as well. Mm. But I digest, as we like to say, I couldn't imagine anybody or anybody, looking at those two countries and thinking, yes, Qatar would be much more suited to host the biggest sporting event that the globe has to offer. Why, of course. Why would you use the country that already has 40 stadia that are ready to go Mm -hmm. and all the television support and all the corporate support? Let's instead go to the hottest place on earth, move the game, play it in these rickety fake stadiums. I cannot... I can't help but think that this is going to be an absolute disaster.
1: In the middle of the season. And remember, the United States World Cup 94, the first ever World Cup to sell out. We are event hogs. We want to go. I remember people telling me, "Hey, hey, uh, Rick, you got tickets to the game? I go,
0: you hate soccer. He's like, everyone's going. Yeah, right. We love big (laughs) events, without a doubt. No doubt about it. And I think when you look at where soccer is now, as opposed to then, forget our national team and whether or not we're as good as we should be. And I think all of us thought... Back in, what, 94 when the Cup was here? That's now 24 years ago, right? Wow. You would figure between then and now, all of us had these dreams of, well, if we haven't won a World Cup by then, we'll certainly be mainstays in the top four. We'll be among, how could we not? We're sporting arrogant. And yet, Sunil Gulati
1: just went into the Soccer Hall of Fame. That's just outrageous. The guy who's in charge of missing out on a World cup. That's like Bud Selig putting himself in. The Hall of Fame. It's just so stupid.
0: Yeah, and that would never happen. Oh, wait. That, that, yeah. uh, that happened as well. Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dibley. I do want to get into a little bit of Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. Rick, because it's all going to start next week. Uh, as we sit here on a Thursday doing the podcast, eight days from now, it gets underway. France and South Korea. For me, my interest in the event is heightened by the fact that these games are going to be held during my wheelhouse. Early, early, early morning. Shout out John Lund. Shout out 6 (laughs) a.m. wheelhouse. Yeah, thank you. With uh, Sean O'Connell and uh, whoever else appeared. Steiny Steiny appeared in the the wheelhouse. Michael Urban. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on. Sure. I think I like this event more because of the time of day in which it's happening. Does that make sense to you?
1: Absolutely. It's always much better when it's in Europe because we can watch it when they're actually happening. It's not like the Australian Open that we hear about. The the next day, and then when they played in Korea and Japan, there were some crazy hours. I mean, there were some three a.m. Ga- three a.m. games that I had to watch. But I did speak with uh, Caitlin Murray yesterday, who's one of the lead uh, journalists that covers the women's team. she's just written a, a really cool book about the national team, and we were talking all about the the hope solos and all some of the crazy characters. But I said, what was one thing when you were writing a book about the women's national team that you didn't know? And they said, (laughs) she said that she didn't know this, even though she was at the game, is that when they were playing Canada, remember the last World Cup was in Canada, shout out Carly Lloyd, 16 minutes in, had a hat trick in the final. But that the Canadian coach, I think his name was Herman, every time Canada did something, he would walk over to the American bench and go, ha! ha, ha, ha. Ah, take that, yeah, 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 Really? And that all the players were like, what the hell is this? She goes, everyone said, oh, he was all over us, and they lost. So take that, Canada, Toronto.
0: That was an amazing rivalry uh, when Canada was at its peak, when they had uh, the girl from Stanford was on their team. Brett uh, Laurie's
1: girlfriend, who ended up playing for America, by the way, uh, I can't remember her name. Now. Crossed over. Yeah. Owen Hargreaves. Remember wow. him? Yeah. Hey, the best Canadian player. I want to play for England.
0: <laughs> what are you going <laughs> to do, you know? And that's, you know, that's one of those things that I don't really love about the international soccer world. You should pick your country and that's it. You shouldn't get one switchy. Well, I call one mulligan, one switcher.
1: You can't switch if you have played a full international. If you've just played friendlies, you can switch once. But if you've represented them, I mean, you think about Stefano; He represented Argentina and he represented Spain. Because I've been living for Spain for a while. Hey, why don't you play for us? Sure, why not? Argentina is way
0: far away. Yeah, yeah, it's a different continent. You yeah. should get one country per continent. How about that? There you go. <laughs> you, you go ahead and represent South Korea as your Asian country, and then you've got you know European country and maybe South America. You mm-hmm. can be part of uh, Uruguay or sure whichever one uh, you decide. I'm but, a
1: country, you're a nation.
0: No, oh, how about that? Mm-hmm. Keep it sophomore. Ur-
1: European girl. I'm a PN guy.
0: Oh, that's, uh, People that's, want that's our stu- something. People keep staring in at us. No, it. this is big time. It's Colossal <laughs> Supremo here uh, from the studios at Radio.com here in downtown San Francisco. I feel like this is
1: the Today Show at Times Square where everyone's kind of looking. Everyone's just
0: looking through the window. Yeah, we have no exterior camera, though, with which Let to Let your
1: eyes adjust to the light. Now, find the bush babies.
0: That's right. That's right. I, I did want to mention... Chris Wondolowski yeah. and what is going on right now with Beating Major League Toronto, Soccer? Toronto, by the way, Be- Yes. Uh, Omen Bay Area over Toronto. It's a big <laughs> yes. little thing. Mm-hmm. Down one nil, Wando strikes not once but twice. They win again. Six goals for Chris Wondolowski in his last two fixtures. I, and
1: this is I, I hate being negative. Uh, then don't. But that second game, that second goal, there was not anyone around him for ten yards. What kind of league can leave a guy unmarked standing in the six yard box like that?
0: The answer is the Europa League. <laughs> we already talked about Arsenal and Chelsea. That was some Arsenal esque defending by okay. Toronto Fair FC. Enough. Fair enough. Because he yes, he was somewhat open. You know, and it's Toronto is in a situation where they're eighth in the East. The Quakes are eighth in the west. These are not two of the best sides in major league soccer, yet Chris Wondolowski the talisman, no one works harder to get on the ball in the final third than he does. Mm-hmm. Just a classic Wando goal again. Shout out the grad in Chico. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Great. Because oh, that's, that's where he went to school.
0: Yes. Yes. And you like the grad? It's,
1: it's a great bar.
0: Your former stomping
1: grounds? Uh, not really. But I've been there a few times. Back, in Back during Wildcat Days. Or Pioneer Days, sorry.
0: Yeah, P-Week. Yeah. Pioneer Week, absolutely. And much like uh, Halloween at UC Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. I did one of those, yeah. Yes, P-Week, Pioneer Week up in Chico. I never got a P-Week up in Chico, but I definitely got some Halloween. You definitely peed. At Santa Barbara. Every week was P-Week. Uh, speaking of P, what's going to happen with your big P? Your guy, Mauricio Pochettino... Is he going to leave after this weekend's Champions League final? Will it be his own finale for the Spurs? Uh,
1: For Spurs, I don't think he's going to leave. But if they win the Champions League, they can dismantle the whole team and I won't care. Because I'll be set. I'm fine with that. But I don't think he's going to leave. They've got players that want to come there now. They've got a brand new stadium. They're in the Champions League for next year. Had they not qualified for next year's Champions League, uh, League, I might be a little bit more worried about it. But we got a bigger fish to fry on Saturday before that one.
0: Yeah, it's a big fish. It's <clears throat> maybe the biggest fish, not having. It's
1: the biggest soccer game of my life. And I've been watching this forever. This is the biggest one, Dan.
0: So, what are your plans then for this big game? I it's am... a noon kick, right?
1: It's a noon kick. I told Danny not to schedule me. He me for five, so I'll either be elated or a wreck. Oh, uh, so you
0: are working. Oh, I'll do a four-hour <clears> <throat> shift. This you're is what,
1: every every weekend, every day, four-hour shifts. Um, so you're working
0: five to nine Saturday uh, yeah.
1: night. Oh, yeah. Tune in to see if there's tears or fears or shout, shout, let it all out.
0: Yes. Uh, everybody <clears> wants to rule the world, and if they can't, they just want to win the Champions League.
1: Absolutely. With one earring. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's right in my, uh, my wheelhouse. That's high school for me.
1: That's, head over heels. That's college for me. Yeah, yeah, big time. I know. Old guy.
0: Big fan of the fears.
1: Should I get to the little, are we running out of time, little arena story right
0: uh, now? No, we got another six minutes or so. I okay. did, did want to get yes. your thoughts on the U.S. Open Cup. We have story time coming up yeah, here yeah. in just moments. Uh, most of the, the, quote, little guys now have been set aside. They've been dispatched of. Mm. The Charleston Battery of the USLC, the Memphis 901. Mm-hmm. North Carolina FC, Austin Bold FC.
1: What about the Scranton and Wilkes-Barre
0: Saltmarsh Harvest Mouse Fighters? I don't believe that they uh, advanced. The Earthquakes right. will take on the Sacramento Republic mm. of the USL. Is that a derby? So, yeah, I wonder if it is. It would be a, uh, an Interstate 80 derby, mm. an I-80 derby, NorCal derby. Although more of a 680 derby, because 80 doesn't go all the way down to San Jose. 680 yeah, little, almost runs between little, the two. A little
1: backdoor action. A
0: little Cordelia Darby oh, and the 680. There you but, go, a little Fairfield you know, sneaky. 680 kind of stops short of Sacramento. Mm. 80 doesn't reach Santa Clara or San Jose, so mm-hmm. we're kind of stuck here without a doubt. This is why name. they
1: call you Waze.
0: Yes, Waze Dibley. Tell me about you and Bruce <laughs> Arena and where it all went wrong.
1: So this was a at the Oakland Coliseum. The United States was playing uh, China in a warm-up game. I've seen the Chinese three times now. They were playing China in a warm-up game before going to uh, South Korea, Japan in o2 So this was in oh1 And he had Tony Miola as the goalie. Tony Miola is a great guy. I, I have him on my show probably three times a year. But he was washed up. And so they had the regular goalies who didn't play and then they had two young guys a guy named uh, his last name was Jordan I forget his first name was Kevin Jordan and then they had a guy named Tim Howard who everyone was talking about so after the match I go to the press conference and, and, and Arena always has this very New York type of you know <laughs> delivery like this and I asked actually I thought it was a pertinent question I said why did you play Tony Miola and not get a look at one of the younger guys he steps out from the other side of the podium step out he takes about two steps my way towards me and he goes let me ask you a question who do you think will be our two goalies at the world cup i said friedel and keller he goes (laughs) that's right so what do you care if i play tony miola and i said well i just thought you'd like to get a look at one of the young guys and he went so, whoa, yeah, over I, Tony Miola. Yeah, he. Oh, don't ask him about Tony Miola. And who were the other
0: goalkeepers on that team? Was it Friedel and Keller? Friedel and
1: Keller, and those were the guys. Yeah, we knew those were the main guys. But I thought, why you're not even taking Miola to the World Cup? Why don't you look at? And one of them did become, <clears throat> excuse me, the goalie for the next ten years, and Tim Howard. Wouldn't you want to look at one of the young guys instead of just throwing a bone to your buddy? Right, like, you do it today.
0: Yeah, give him another cap, which yeah. you know he had had more than enough. He was in a his centurion.
1: Career. He was in Tony and Tito's wedding. He had already failed as a Jets kicker by then, and yet you're not going to. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird, and I asked about it, and then,
0: and it, it me- chapped your
1: hide, and to this day. Well, I started. To, you know, like if I said, "How come you're so short and ugly?" Then get mad at me. Right. I asked you a legitimate question, and I didn't ask it like a D.
0: Right. Pertinent question. Yeah. And he could have just said, well, you know, Tony gave us the best chance to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's he's a like, friendly or yeah, whatever. He could have you know. said,
1: what does it matter? He's not going anyway, and then just moved on. But no, he had to be a D yeah, to wow.
0: RT. That's no good. NG trying to be a D <laughs> to RT. It's Golasso Supremo mm. here, uh, radio.com, podcast, Rick Tittle. And Dan Dibley, a few odds and ends here before we wrap, including the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, which right now we've got action. As my man Matt Steinmetz likes to say, we got action! USA and Qatar, the aforementioned Qatarians, no score in the 56th minute. In group play, what do you make of the U.S. Under-20 team and do events like this move Rick's needle?
1: Yes. A little bit because I know Tab Ramos is in charge of that setup and I have a lot of faith faith in him. I do like the fact that Ernie Stewart is involved in that setup as well as Tab's boss. Um, And they have gone outside the country club aspect of travel soccer teams and they've actually tried to go into more urban areas and find some of the young talent out there. So um, I'm not going to pretend I'm an aficionado on these teenagers, But I have faith in those guys to select at least half a team of some real prospects.
0: USA sitting on three points in group. They need a result today against Qatar. And they also may need a little bit of help as they are sitting behind Ukraine. Ukraine, the group leaders, on six points. Nigeria also on three, but uh, one additional goal In the all-important goal differential.
1: I remember I was on the air a few years ago, and a guy called up, and he said, Congratulations, Mexico won the World Cup today. And I went, No, he didn't. And it was like the (laughs) under 20. And I got calls from about 50 people saying, It's still the World Cup. I go, No, it's not. It's a youth tournament. They go, we can say, we won the World Cup. I go, you can say it all you want. Oh, I was just bickering over that.
0: Yeah, it's, it is the World Cup, but it's an it's a age World Cup. Yeah. So.
1: When I won an event at the Richmond Olympics, I didn't think I was going to get a gold medal from the IOC. What was your event? My event was... uh was sack race? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually macrame.
0: Was it like an egg on a spoon relay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: it was probably something like that.
0: Uh, We've got Senegal leading Group A. Italy is your leader in Group B. Uruguay is the leader in Group C. It looks like the all-whites, my beloved New Zealand, the Kiwis, Mm. not the all-blacks, which is the rugby team, the Mm all-whites. They're going to get through in the U-20. Ukraine and Nigeria leading Group D, as I mentioned, USA needing help. And then France leads Group E. They conclude tomorrow. And then Argentina and South Korea Ahead of Group F.
1: Every one of those teams that you mentioned has a good soccer setup outside of Qatar. So I give them a little credit for still being there.
0: Yes, and Qatar is uh, sitting last in the group, yet to score a goal. They've allowed five, so they are, I guess they're probably the the host nation, I would assume. Although I probably could have looked that up before I got into this.
1: (laughs) Well, they usually have this thing called, the like, before France in 98, they had the Tournoi de France. They had a, a warm-up tournament this summer before. So I would say in 2021, we'll probably get some sort of Qatari test to see how everything goes.
0: And it's going to be an absolute disaster. You can't help but think so. Not only because they're stopping down leagues across the, the globe, but just the very idea excuse me, of a, mm-hmm. of a fake cloud because it's going to be so hot that you need shade and temporary stadia. I can't help but think something's going to happen that's going to cause this event to absolutely stop down and not be able to continue.
1: It'll be the first time in sports history you'll hear, ladies and gentlemen, please stop throwing things at the cloud.
0: (laughs) This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,